Ah, look at all the lonely people. Ah, look at all the lonely people. Eleanor Rigby. Blah, 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 blah. Hello, and welcome to the next episode of Matt and Todd Girl the Movies. The podcast where, uh, oh, sorry, with special guest Tim Davis. The podcast where all three of us went and saw a movie at our local Regal Cinema, and now we're sitting in the parking structure after the movie in Matt's Honda Pilot. Going to talk about this movie a little bit. Going to talk about such things as should you see this movie? Should you not see this movie? Should you wait for streaming? Do you have to see it in theaters? Should you snack during the movie or do you need to pay attention? Should you bring a date? Should you not bring a date? I don't know. Can you bring kids? I, we're hoping to touch on all that, maybe. I am Todd Dover. And I'm Matt Malloy. And yes, we will touch on at least one of those many things that you brought up. <laughs> we're going to talk about the movie we saw tonight, which is called Blue Beetle. A uh, little uh, sci- sci-fi, that's not what I meant to say, that's not what I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. A little uh, superhero style movie from the DC Universe, and uh, we will talk about it. But first, Tim, tell us who is in this movie that we may know. I would argue there's probably only two people that you people are aware of in this movie. One being Susan Sarandon. Uh, she plays the main villain in this, and uh, George Lopez, who's had many sitcoms over the years and is a comedian. Uh, the other one, uh, the lead actor who plays Blue Beetle, is uh, Zolo Maraduena. Not known by name, I would say, but he is he's part of the Cobra Kai series, the uh, sequel to Karate Kid that's on Netflix and a big hit. But that is it for as far as recognizable names. Yeah, there you go. So wait, I'm sorry. Did you say George Lopez? I did. Yes. Oh, sorry. I didn't know Sitcoms and com- sitcoms comedians. Is there? <laughs> ah, yes, yes. Let's keep your head in the game here, Todd. Yeah, let's dad, go. Man. He's already got his thoughts. He's deep in. <laughs> I really am. <laughs> <laughs> well, so what's this movie about? So uh, this is kind of an origin story movie uh, where we get uh, this sort of uh, alien technology that's unearthed by a mega corporation who wants to use it for evil and then a uh, a a long lost daughter of the family that founded the company ends up taking uh, the artifact and giving it to a member of a family that's a Hispanic family that's down on their luck a little bit and are trying to figure out how to make ends meet and, and the, anyway so this guy his name is is Jaime Reyes, um, along with his family, uh, gets a hold of this thing, this device called the Scarab, um, which ends up bonding to him and turning him into this kind of symbiotic creature where he has a lot of uh, power generated by the device, which is like a sentient uh, alien tech, I guess is what we call it. What I'd call it anyway. I think you'd be right. That's fair. Yeah, and so, um, so then, then obviously the big bad corporation is trying to get this device back. Uh, they don't care if they have to kill uh, uh, Jaime Reyes or anyone, anyone <laughs> else. Uh, they have these kind of stormtrooper-looking guys that go around, and they of course have their own sort of technology that they want to. Uh, perfect using this alien technology so they have these big armor suit things that, that are ready to go and and in, in fact this one guy named uh, I think his name is Carafax yeah. yes 
or Carapax. Yes, you're right. Something. Um, anyway, uh, he's like the prototype guy. He's got like all this armor and like metallic limbs and stuff. Um, and so, uh, you know, the movie's kind of a back and forth where the company is trying to get control over over the alien tech and the uh, the kid who has it is trying to learn how to use it and learn what it's, his powers are when he has this and uh, trying to protect his family. Um, and that kind of culminates with they do capture him and take him to the this kind of fortress um, and end up, uh, we end up with a big showdown. Uh, the family comes to help out and, and there's a big showdown between Carapax and um, and uh, Jaime Reyes with his uh, blue alien tech, and they have a big they have a big showdown, and then we learn about family and love, and <laughs> things go on yeah. from there. Family's so that's a big part of that's what I'll say about this family. And Todd, I will now ask you for your gut reaction to this movie, Blue Beetle. I will gladly give it. Um, I think on a whole, I liked this movie. However, it does have huge missteps. And, um, like, both from a movie-making standpoint and, well, from pretty, I think, from different standpoints. And I will explain. So, the first thing I think that this movie was very confused about, that it didn't know what to do with itself, was about, like, almost like the setting. Like, at times... It felt like we should be in the 80s, and then at times we're obviously in 2023. And they bounced between the two, and I didn't like that at all. Like, And it, it's not that, like... I mean, as you kind of go through the movie, you learn more about, like, Ted Kord, he, who's kind of like the original Blue Beetle, and they show his what all the stuff that he used. And it's, like, these advanced kind of gadgets and stuff like that, but they're from the 80s. Like, and... Um, you know, he was rocking and rolling in his lab up until like 2008 or something like that. So I, there's a huge discrepancy in my opinion about like the tech that they kind of use slash uncover that is his. Um, and then also like there's so much neon in this movie. It's like every time they stepped into a new place, yeah, the aesthetic had there. to have a neon aesthetic. And for me that those kind of colors just scream eighties to me. Um, maybe that's my own fault. Maybe I can't play the movie for that. Um, another thing that I think was a, like a pretty big misstep was the script. It's not tight at all. Um, the humor in it can sometimes be funny, but if you find George Lopez screaming at the top of his lungs funny, then that's what you're in store for for almost two hours yeah. of this movie. Um, like this, this, this movie for its jokes and stuff just went for low-hanging fruit. It just always was like, well, let's put George Lopez back in a scene and have him scream really loudly and stuff like that. And that'll be funny, right? That'll get everyone laughing. So, it, it and, and also the story just needed, like, it just needed extra. There's too many, like, one-stop shop answer all questions. Oh, how are we going to approach this tech? Oh, well, of course, George Lopez's character is, is a genius that just no you can't capitalize on it, can't hold down a job. But he's a genius. He can invent and do stuff. Oh, how are we going to storm this fortress? Oh, well, like, Nana over here used to be a rebel, and uh, so she's got the perfect plan. It just was, like, so lazy at times that it was frustrating. 
Um, and then, honestly, the other thing I got I to gotta really ding it for is the acting. Like, um, the main guy who plays Jaime is fine, and I think he will get better with time, but he's still a young actor, and you can tell. Like, uh, just in a lot of scenes, things weren't clicking for me. I, I'm just not a big fan of George Lopez in general, and, like, he was in the movie way too much. Like, they relied on him a lot. And then, honestly, Susan Sarandon was god-awful, like, in this movie. Just did not try at all. And, um, you know, like, I, I'm not trying to make this sound too bad on Susan Sarandon, but there were times in the movie where she had to, like, stand or sit or bend over to pick up something, and it looked like she was struggling in every physical thing she had to do. And, you know, people would be like, hey, well, that's Susan Sarandon. You know, she's in her 70s or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, that's my point. That's Susan Sarandon. She's in her 70s. Do not cast that person in a role like this if they can't do the little things they need to do. She is not a name that people are going to, like, be flocking to Blue Beetle and be like, well, Susan Sarandon. i got to go see this movie. Um... So those are the hits. I mean, those are the dings. Those are, you know, they are hard to overcome. The things that I really liked about this movie is, and I'm, I'm hoping that DC doesn't pull the plug on these, this movie or this possible franchise or whatever, but who knows with them right now. Um, I thought there was a great amount of, like, comic mixture into this origin story they're telling like it had a nice balance i thought of maybe some updated stuff and some stuff that's from comics and i really like that balance i thought this is a great jumping off movie like i think if they can follow up this movie and do you know learn from their mistakes i think you could have a very good franchise on your hand um it just takes kind of tightening the everything up a better script some better acting like um and I, I liked that there's a lot of Blue Beetle lore in this movie. And I don't know a ton about the Blue Beetle. But I just really enjoyed, like, learning more about Ted and all his stuff. It just was fun. I mean, like, it's it's like Jaime is the main character, for sure. But Ted, who's not even in the movie, seems like also another main character. What you learn about him and stuff like that. And I liked that, that it's not just like, hey, I found this thing... And now I'm a superhero. It's, oh, I'm falling into this legacy of people who existed before me, which I enjoy. I mean, this is a comic. The Jaime Reyes Blue Beetle is a character that's only existed since, like, 2006. So in the comic realm, it's a very new character. And I, I, I enjoyed what I saw. They've got some riding of the ship to do, I, I think. And they need to hone in on some things better. But I think this is a solid outing for a superhero movie you know, low-hanging fruit here and there, if they really put forth the effort, I think they can have a really strong um, second movie. And like I was saying earlier, like, which you guys weren't hearing because the thing wasn't on, is that to me, I think some of these movies, if you're going to do a movie where, that has to introduce stuff, then you need the second movie. You need the, the one-two punch. Like, you needed X-Men, the first movie, to get to X2, which is universally thought as probably the best X-Men movie. It wouldn't have gotten there without X-Men 1 setting up everything. So there's a place for these type of movies. Setting up the lore, setting up the characters, all this kind of stuff. And this is a, a, a fine setup to a second, you know, blast of a movie. And they just got to follow through with it. Who knows if they will? I don't. But that's my critique of this movie. 
I will pass it along to Tim. Yeah, I am also uh, kind of two minds of this movie. Uh, I'm with you in that Blue Beetle is not a character I know that deeply either. And it was, you know, thinking, okay, DC's going to try and make a movie about an unknown character, or I would say lesser known. And sometimes that works because you get to know somebody from the start as opposed to preconceived notions from, like, you know, when you make another Batman or a Superman, it's people know that those characters. So I was, I was intrigued to see how this went. And I thought, like, the effort was there. And, the, and I thought the actors were, were, were doing what they were told to do. Some could rise to the task, some didn't. Um, some hammed it up too much. And not that hamming it up can't be done in a comic book movie, but I feel like some of these performances were too hammy and not in a funny enough way. And, like, like Susan Sarandon's character asked for hammy. And she didn't do that. Like, this could have been a Raul Julia Street Fighter kind of thing where, you know, you have no business attacking the role, but you do anyway because it's for kids or it's for a certain audience. And she didn't do that. So you're just sitting here watching her, like like you said, go through the motions of, I'm the bad guy, I gotta say the bad thing, and just kind of almost rolling her eyes as she says it. And it doesn't make her a believable villain either. It's just, uh, that was a very weak link, and you need your villain to be... You know, someone you want to root to see go down, and that didn't happen here, I didn't think. Or at least she didn't get the emotional core she needed. Um, uh, let's see. I thought the effects were really good. Um, although I did have some Bay, Michael Bay Transformers flashbacks at some of the battle scenes. They were a little, despite the, uh, the coloring was better, because you could tell the bad guy was in red and the and Beatles in blue, but it still was very quick moving and sometimes hard to follow who's hitting who um, and uh, I know that's kind of where CG's going but it's just you can slow it down a little bit so we can see what's happening um, uh, so and I agree George Lopez was overused and the shtick they had him do was not that funny and I feel like they had other scenes that where the humor was meant to land like the idea of the of the old granny being this badass rebel warrior it's supposed to be funny, and it could have been, but it didn't land for me. And so, like, they were trying to do these cute moments to make the family just as important as Jaime himself. That was a big theme of the movie, but their scenes, I felt, didn't land the way they wanted. And so it was, and it was very much almost, I mean, comparing it to, like, the Flash TV show where he needs all his helpers to, even though he's a super-powered, almost overpowered character, but he needs the rest of the team in order to, to, to win the battle. And I think that is a plot device that has been overused by DC lately, especially on television. Mm. So it was just to me, it was another cliche that I think they could have avoided. Like you said, there were elements here of a good movie, and it just ends up being an okay movie, and not, not even, I would argue, not even a must-watch. And uh, DC needs more must-watches, and that's been their problem the last few years. And that's where I land. Matt? Well, uh, I largely agree with what you guys have said. Uh, you know, I, I think the strong points to the movie are um, the, the last half of the movie is much stronger than the first half to me. Um, I thought the first half really suffered from uh, our particular uh, battle, which is we saw the trailer so many times. The first half was basically the, the trailers that yeah, you see. That is fair. Um, and um, I, I, I was having a hard time engaging 
um, during the first half. But I thought that they brought the ship around and they, they closed it out pretty well, you know, with this climactic kind of battle scene and uh, some good good family feelings and, and stuff like that uh, thrown in there too. A little bit of emotion, um, which I thought they handled fairly well. Um, and uh, I liked... I, you know, I like the Latino representation here. You know, this is a Hispanic kid who, who gets powers. Um, that's not a group that we've seen a lot of. Pretty much all the in, actors were in Mex movies. Mexican actors, too. Yeah, yeah. So I like to see that. And Even Susan Sarandon. Yeah, Susan Sarandon. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've seen some comments about this movie online where people who are... Uh, Latino say, you know, I really felt seen by this movie. It really was was like a positive thing for me to see as like a representation of my culture. So that's that's a big plus for me. I'll always cheer for that. Um, but I think you know there were two halves of this movie. I didn't like the first half. I liked the second half, and I thought they they balanced out pretty well. Um, Tim, I think you had a great point about the CG. I mm -hmm. thought that the CG for the suits was well done. Um, yeah. And, uh, and, and, and imaginative. Not just, That's fair. Yeah, not just like, oh, I'm going to generate a gun. <laughs> oh, I'm going to generate, you know, there were some, some different, different things thrown in there that, that, uh, had to be thought through. So... Overall, you know, I think I'm I'm probably close to you, Tim. This I didn't feel like this was a great entry. Um, I think because of the ordering of what I liked and didn't like, I probably come out a little bit and say I liked it um, because the end was good for me. But um, I thought this was generally a fairly average superhero movie, um, and I, I you know I I don't know anything about the Blue Beetle at all, so. Uh, to me, it was introduction of this character, and you know I wouldn't mind seeing where it goes, but I would like a tighter script, better yeah. acting, yeah. Uh, and and some more some more interesting motivations. So, um, should you see it? Yeah, sure, see it. But <laughs> yeah, it's not like you don't, you don't up have to you, to. Yeah. <laughs> up to you. <laughs> if you really. feel like it, if you feel like seeing some some superhero stuff that maybe you don't know much about. Okay, do it. Otherwise, skip it. Fair and that's enough. where I will land. All right. Nice. Well, getting down to the nitty-gritty here. Um, how many um, bug farts would you give this movie? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, which is a point in the movie where there's a flying ship that looks like a beetle and stuff like that. And one of its weapons is called the fart. Which is basically just spits out gas and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. Outside, uh -huh. the backside you of get it. it? <laughs> I, you know, as a joke in the movie, I rolled my eyes to it. But then I was like, you know what? That's probably the most realistic Ted Cord Blue Beetle thing. <laughs> that that is his humor. They like did that, mention that is his humor. His daughter <laughs> character did mention how funny he was. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, you know what? Like. It, it came across accurate. like another yeah. thing of like, ugh. But then uh, the more I thought about it, I was like, you yeah. know what? I appreciate that. Like, and he's, it's, he's it's programmed into it. Yeah, and like different activation things in his old, you know, Beetle Mobile, whatever. 
activate different songs and stuff like that that he's pre-programmed. I was like, you know, that all fits his character. I enjoyed that. Little things like that. So, Zero being the worst, because then you got no bug farts and <laughs> what's going on. Five being the best. Yeah. <laughs> Five being the best, because then you got all sorts of gas farting around, knocking people out. That's so, right. Matt? Well, you know, I'm going to go with... Uh, 2.7 bug farts out of five so a few people get gas but not everybody mm. and i say this is a generally an average movie but i liked it a little tim yeah i mean we are basically in the same landing spot here matt i'm at 2.6 right there right above average it's fun at times and there's some cool looking cg and there's promise here it just it should have been better Todd yeah I mean I, I I'm not far from you guys at all I think I'm gonna land on a 2.9 like okay. I think this could be a solid starting point for this character franchise it just depends on what DC is gonna do with it like um, we don't know yet and that that kind of sucks like, I would that kind of sucks for the people who put the effort in to make this movie and honestly, I think I, I think the fact that DC was imploding played a like played a big role into how this movie turned out. Like, I, I mean, they could have went for the moon on cameos or trying to do something to connect it to everything, and they didn't because. And I'm pretty sure that had to do some reshoots for it. So I think the fact that DC and Warner Brothers is just imploding in general caused this movie to have some badness to it. But I still think it's a solid start. I want to see this continue. Um, I think Jaime Reyes is a great character that I would love to see more of. Um, so I hope they do more and great representation. I mean, yeah, really, we all agree. Like, on yeah. I mean like this is, I know I say this a lot, but like, if you like to see representation, if you like to see mm -hmm. different stuff, you, you have to go see the movie. Cause if you don't, the studios are going to say, well, we tried that and no one liked it cause they didn't go see it. So that's the sticky, sticky, yep. sticky business of this business. Sticky it, business is, uh, you know, it might not be the finest outing, but if it represents something that you would like to see flourish, you have to go out and see it. Like, it, you can't. Like, then you can't now that them. now that pretty much streaming and video sales aren't really a thing. Like, I mean, streaming is a thing, but you but know, the payment revenue is different. Right. Yeah. So, that's me. Two point nine. All right. Any last thoughts before we wrap up? Um, I think one of the biggest missteps of this movie, yeah. and I'll say that this is a big, I think this is the biggest misstep of most comic book movies that come out, is the automatic feeling that the villain has to be the opposite of the hero. Oh, yeah, it was not like, one of those, yeah. The, like, when, like, the guy, whatever his name oh, is, Mac. yeah, I mean, that's, like, that's the comic character he became. I don't know. Oh, I can't okay. remember what his yeah. actual name was. Okay, yeah. Ignatius. Something like that. Mm -hmm. um, it like it just like you gotta get away from the formula. The formula is the villain has to be the absolute the opposite of the hero. So you got this innocent kid who's bright and like full of life and hope and heart. You got this other guy who's bitter and torn down, and yeah. you know it just like it, it's that's the norm that people are frustrated with. Like so, change like flip the script, do something different. Like they just didn't do different enough. I don't think. 
Fair enough. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Matt and Todd Go to the Movies, where we review the film Blue Beetle, and we gave it an average rating of 2.7 and a third uh, bug farts out of five. Um, which is slightly above average, and I think we would say, you know, why not? Go see it. And uh, that's about as strong an endorsement as we have for it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. And uh, so anyway, thank you for uh, downloading or subscribing or listening or doing all those things uh, to our podcast. Uh, please continue to do so, and we will see you next time. Da-da-da-da. Da-da. Da-da-da. Da-da-da.